Hey guys, and welcome to the happy hour. I am your host. My name is Jamie Ivey, and I am so glad that you're here today. Today, my guest is Annie Downs, and Andy and I met this past spring at the IF Gathering, where we both helped out backstage, and I just knew from the minute I met her that I would love her, and so you're going to love her in this podcast. Her personality shines through. Both of us just love to talk, and we just talk over each other, and we just get so excited. I got done recording this podcast and really felt like that was just so much fun, so I hope you feel that with us. We talk a lot about her new book. Let's All Be Brave that just came out that I highly recommend. I also have a couple to give away. So listen to the end and I'll tell you how you can win some. We talk about college football and fantasy football. Uh, We talk about The Fault in Our Stars, the book and the movie where she got to meet the author. A little bit about The Bachelorette. We talk about ministering to college students. Um, This whole thing called hookup culture, which is all new to me, but we talk a little bit about that and we talk about the civil wars and then what we're watching on TV and reading. You're going to love it. Annie is so sweet and so sincere and just plain out fun. I loved chatting with her. I want to say a shout out to a couple of people who have left comments either on um, my Twitter or Facebook. Pat left a comment on Facebook and said, I love the podcast. What a great lineup. I take you with me in the car and it's like having a car full It's like having a car full of women chatting away because sometimes I talk back. I hear that so often. People are like, I just start talking back with you. Um, A girl at church stopped me, Molly, this past week and was like, thanks for your podcast. I listen when I'm on the treadmill. I've even had two guys stop me and say like, hey, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, what? One of them told me he listened to the Rachel McCoy podcast because he was hoping she would talk about football since her husband plays football. Um, anyhow, follow along. I'm on Facebook, Jamie Ivy, and Twitter is also Jamie underscore Ivy. Or you can follow the Happy Hour podcast on Twitter, which is happy underscore hour underscore pod. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. Enjoy. And here is my friend, Annie Downs. Hey, Annie, welcome to the Happy Hour. Hey, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Okay, so whenever I say your name, I feel like I have to say both, Annie Downs. Oh, that's fine. You're welcome to do that. Other people call you like your full name, Annie Downs? Well, you know what's interesting is that in my family, my first and middle name are a double name like Mary Catherine. Okay. Um, And my name is Annie Foss. Okay. It's F-O-R-S-S, but the R is silent. And so more (laughs) what people around hometown and what my grandparents call me is Annie Foss. Annie Foss. That is a Southern name if I've ever heard it. I know. I'm the third Annie Foss in our family. Really? Yeah. The others are dead, so I'm the only living one. But So uh, would you think about passing that Annie Foss on? I hope my sisters will. That's what I'm hoping because I don't think I can have a junior. Um, No, I should probably tell them. Okay. None of us are married yet, so we've got a little bit of time. But as soon as one of us gets hitched, I'm going to go ahead and put that in a contract somewhere that their firstborn daughter deserves to be an Annie Foss. The other thing is, is that the one right before me was Annie Foss Dryer. So she was AFD as well. So are you. So I have like a set of sheets a set of China. I have all this like old 1920 stuff that has AFD on it. Isn't that cute? I love it. It's why I've stayed single for so long so that I can keep <laughs> using the sheets and the well, China. You don't want to mess up all that monogram stuff. <laughs> right, right. Well, Monogramming also, over marriage. Uh, you don't really pass on, the girl doesn't really pass on a name. So that, right. I don't know why I said that. Which that's weird though. Why don't we? We could do it just like boys do. Okay. I, I don't know why we don't. You're in it, Annie. I might be a trailblazer. I, when I was younger, there was a family in our church that they had like a couple of kids, but their first boy was the same name as his dad, and their first girl was the same name as the mom. That's well, confusing. But that is confusing. I mean, yeah, because you'd like, be like, too much. Catherine, come over here, uh-huh. and they both, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's hard. It's too much. Because you much. can't call her junior like you can call him junior. Yeah, 
no, no girl wants to be called no. junior. No, Eggers. we're just feeding the stereotypes. Yep. So that's all we're doing. Maybe some girl wants to be junior. Maybe. Hey, speaking of women, you may not know this because you don't live in Texas, but there's big news here in Texas. The first, I think it's the first. Anyhow, the San Antonio Spurs uh-huh. basketball team here just hired a woman coach. And a female assistant coach. Yes. I saw that. That is so awesome. And she's so adorable. She's, she's like so this adorable. tiny little blonde. She's probably not tiny, but the picture I saw, she's, she's next to two like NBA players, seven, right. right? She's probably like literally six foot is and she just looks five one. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. It's amazing. It makes tons of sense. I mean, good for her. Yeah. Way to like be brave and step out and take a job that would be, so many people would turn that job down. Oh, because and go, it would make be me a head so... coach in the WNBA. Right. But don't make me assistant coach in the NBA. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Do you think the guys will listen to her? You know, I think, you know what Christine say, Kane says is their invitation is your permission. And so there you go. Uh, I say that to myself a lot. If I get myself in a jam where I feel like I'm unqualified, I'm like, well, they invited me here. So that's my permission. So I think that I've never been a dude, but I think that when they, when those players recognize that a female has been hired as an assistant coach, it's because she must be really good. She must know some basketball. She must know yeah. something that they need to know. And so I think by them, the Spurs giving her the invitation, that's going to be her permission to lead and their permission, the, the team's permission to follow. Yeah. Say that so. quote one more time. I got to write this down. Yeah, it's really, it's Christine Kane. And she says, um, their invitation is your permission. I need that today. That is so right? good. Isn't that good? I, I'm not kidding you, Jamie. I say it to myself once a week easily where I'll get asked to write something or get asked to speak somewhere and I'll be like, I can't do that. And then I'm like, well, they invited me. So they must think that I'm capable of doing what they're asking. <laughs> Annie, that's going to change my life today. Oh my oh, gosh. Well, I'm speaking at my first like big conference. Yeah. And every day I tell, I tell myself they probably, that was a mistake that they asked me. This is dumb. They yeah. must've had the wrong email. Yeah. Do they no. really know who I am? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did y'all check my website? Right. You know, I have another friend who's a speaker and I saw her last week and she said, um, she, we were talking like who books you and who helps you handle those conversations. And she says, I'm having a real hard time right now because I handle all those conversations myself. And every time I tell them why they shouldn't hire me, right. I was like, dude, you are that they are calling you. Yeah. If they are, if you're reaching out to a church and they're going, well, tell us why to hire, why you should hire me. That's one thing. But if a conference director is calling you and asking you to speak, they want you there. So, so don't good. tell them all the reasons that you shouldn't be That's there. So good. Because they've that. already decided. I do that with writing stuff too. Like, did you really uh, want me to write this? Yes. We got to quit doing that. I love it. And and we do that in friendships too, right? There are times in friendships where someone goes, I mean, you and I just did it, where I w- had the wrong time and you said, how about now? And I said, are you sure? And right. I'm like, well, she you offered it. now. I yes. should just listen. You know, we do that in friendships. We do that in relationships. All the time we think they already said what I needed to hear and it's still not enough for me. That's good. You know, and then and when we need to start going, I'm going to actually believe you. I have friends in Nashville that what we say to each other is, I'm going to believe you right. unless you tell me, you know, are you okay? I'm giving you one chance yes. to answer that. Yes. And I'm just going to believe what that you. What does in friendships is it takes away all the like guesswork, like, or in marriage. If I ask Aaron, like, Hey, are you upset with me? And he says, no, then I have to believe him. Right. If he's still acting like he's upset that it may be something else. Right. Or it's his turn now to like, say like, Hey, I didn't really, you know, but whatever, I'm going to believe you when you say that. Yeah, that's right. And for, and you know, for, uh, for women who are in my life place of being single, it's also like a, 
uh, if we want to be pursued, then we have to let them come to us because we have to believe that we didn't make it happen. Right. You know, we have to believe that, okay, he, he's the one who said lunch. So there you go. He wanted to go to lunch. And so I'm going to go to lunch because I want to go to lunch, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's this, it, it is, I'm telling you that one sentence from Christine Kane, it changes. It really, it has made a difference to me because I just, I think about it in about every turn of my life. So good. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's speaking good. of being brave. Hello. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you have a new book out. I do. Let's all be brave. Let's all be brave. And mm. when did it come out? Just, it came out July 15th. Okay. Okay. So yeah. I read it this it's summer. fresh out. I read it on a boat in Tennessee. It was so oh, wonderful. While my good. kids were like jumping off and yeah. tubing, I was reading Let's All Be Brave. Um, so I read it and I highly recommend it if you're listening. Um, actually, we have said the word brave like 15 times already because it is something that we all want in our life for sure. Yeah. Um, but tell me about writing this book. I mean, how long did you write this? Because the book... I feel like the chapters span from lots of different times in your life. Right. Yeah. So for those of you who haven't seen the book yet, the way it works is each chapter tells you the month that I wrote it and the coffee shop where I was. Which, can that I really just say this? I, I yeah. like that. Oh, thanks. I like it it's a lot. It's really, I mean, it. I love to treat my books like yearbooks of my life uh-huh. as well. Right. And so I really love that I can remember... Uh, it, when I flip through, I remember what seat I was on in the uh-huh. train yeah. in Edinburgh, Scotland. And I remember being at the coffee shop in Portland and, you know, like it's, it's fun for me. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was written, you know, this is my fourth book out with Zondervan and it's the first one that has kind of been, it's the first one for adults. All the others have been for teen girls. Okay. This is the first one that's for men and women. And it is, it has been, I, I knew the title of this book in 2010, maybe. And I had, I didn't have a single book out at that point. I just wow. knew someday I wanted to write a book called Let's All Be Brave. So this has and, been your heartbeat for a long time. Yeah, because I, and the, the best joke of it all is that I wrote that before the really hard stuff. The, and for me, the really hard stuff I've experienced right. so far, the stuff that really pushed me to be brave had not even happened yet. Yeah. Um, I would have never known. So I, I wrote on the book, like I wrote pieces of the book where I'd sit down and feel massively inspired to like, I have to record what I'm feeling right now. Right. Um, whereas you, you know, from writing and a lot of people who write professionally know that we don't really get to wait on inspiration in general. Uh-huh. Uh, one of my favorite writing quotes is someone asked a writer, what, do you only write when you're inspired? And he said, yes. And I get inspired every morning at 9am. You know, like right, I sit my this butt is in our the job. chair yeah. and I write. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah. I don't really. And so when I get on a book deadline, uh-huh. I don't really get to be like, I hope I feel this. No, soon. you just it's got like, to write the words. I got to write 2000 yeah. words today and yep. that's all there is to it. So, um, so yeah, the book's been a dream in my heart for a long time. I wrote it in 2013 is when I wrote the majority of it. And when we kind of pulled together all the pieces, um, and made it one piece, it, it, it is the hardest thing I've ever done. It's sent me back into counseling. As soon as I turned it in, I turned it in on July 4th, the first draft, July 4th of 2013. And my first counseling appointment was July 15th. Love it. Um, my, yeah, my heart is just in that book with my teen books. I had written the books for teenagers in my, I wrote them in my thirties about Annie when she was 15 or gotcha. Annie when she was 17. Right. Uh-huh. Let's all be brave was 
30-something Annie, Annie writing about 30-something yes. Annie, breakups that happen right now, heartbreak that happened right now, moving cities that was happening right now. I mean, there were, so when it's coming out, you're going, man, that guy from high school can pick this up and see all the hurt. Or that guy from college that I say, if I just stayed in my college town, I think I'd have married him. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, I don't call people and say that stuff. To right. Me. <laughs> right. But you write it, but I'm dumb enough to put it in a book. Right. So, so, um, so it was a really, but I'll tell you, I have never, I grew up on, my parents kind of live on farmland, but we didn't ever farm. Mm -hmm. But this is the first time I've ever had any understanding of why farmers do what they do. Because in 2013, I turned over the soil and I planted the seeds and I, I suffered for this land Mm -hmm. and, um, and I thought it would never be worth it. That was really Mm -hmm. one of the hard things is when I turned the book in last summer, I said to my editor, um, this is the hardest thing I've ever done, and I'm not even sure it's good. You know, if you work really hard and you're sure something's really good, that feels then good. You're like, and you're like, oh, awesome. this is worth it. Right. Yeah. Um, but when you work really hard and you think, and this still could suck, right? That's that's yeah. send you to counseling. Um, <laughs> but when it since it's come out and since my friends and family have read it and people have read it yeah. and talk about it on the internet, um, I see the fruit. This is what it's like. Okay. A farmer, you know, and you don't get to stop working, right? right? A farmer doesn't sit back and let their garden just explode Die. with fruit, right. you know, cause then things rot and whatever. Uh-huh. So it's not like you get to sit back on the porch and just watch, but you get to go, Oh, it was I didn't it. do all I did was the beginning, right? God did everything in the middle and God grew these fruits and I get to help harvest them. And I get to be a part of that, but man, it is, it makes me want to start a garden. Cause I'm like, I get it. So I fun. Get, I get it. So. Okay. Well, I, I, like I said, I read it and I haven't read any of your other books. Um, but I did feel as though I was kind of like walking along some of these stories with you and oh, that okay. felt really, and then to see your, your trial with it and then your frustration with it. And then mm-hmm. some of your su- success and some of your failures, like it was just felt like this big book of like encouraging and the title, let's all be brave. That's what it was. Yeah, you know, and I look back at things in my life that have, that I would categorize into some of the stuff that you've talked about with being brave. And I'm like, man, I'm braver than I thought I was. Yes, that's it. That is the thing is if someone asked me last week, what's the one thing you want people to know from reading your book before they, before and after? And I said, uh-huh. I just want people to know that they are already brave. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's you exactly, I was reading brave. it going. Man, I am not giving myself enough credit. I have so yes. much more bravery in my life to do, to to learn and to tackle. But gosh, I've done brave things, dude. That gives me goosebumps. That's exactly that is exactly it. Is that there is if if you told me your story and if we got to listen to every listener who's hearing this tell us their story, we go that was brave. brave. Exactly, that was brave. Yep, that was brave. And you go, oh oh, I didn't even think about that. Right. You know, I, I didn't think that was brave. That was just the right thing to do. Or so I didn't good. think that was brave. He just, his job transferred us and to San Antonio. And we just did it. And we just did it, you right. know? And you just go, no, it's brave because when you moved to a new city, you didn't stay in your house. Right. And you didn't like ignore everyone in the whole rest of the uh-huh. city for a year. Yeah. You like made friends. Yeah. And you went to a church that you didn't know anybody. And, you know, like it, it, I think we think that, and I talk about this in the book, but we think that courage is this big thing that we have to do. Like, I'm moving overseas and that is really brave. Yes. Don't hear me say it's not. That is really brave. But, right. or I'm getting, we're all quitting our jobs and we're starting something new or we're going to adopt 94 children. Exactly. Right. And like, 
And that all is brave. But in my life, that isn't what courage has looked like. Courage has looked like getting out of bed when I didn't feel like getting out of bed. Right. Courage has looked like going on dates I didn't want to go on. Courage has looked like writing books that were hard to write, yeah. moving to cities that I wasn't sure about. I mean, my courage looks very normal. Yeah. And I think that's what I, what we want people to know when they read this book is like, oh, I'm already brave. And not only can I recognize it and celebrate it in me, but I want to recognize it and celebrate it in you. Right. And I, and then let's be brave together. And yes. that's what's going to really impact the planet, I think. Yeah. And I think about that as raising kids. I'm like, man, I want my kids to be brave. I want them to try new things. And so in a sense, when we're talking about that, all of us, we look at our lives and we have been brave. I want Mm. my kid to just feel like this is just normal, but really they're being so brave. Yeah. Last night, my here, I'm sorry. I'm in my hometown for a couple of days. And last night, my best best friend's kid started kindergarten Uh, today. uh And last night during his bath, he asked if he could pray for tomorrow for his first day of school. And he said, Dear God, I'm a little bit nervous about kindergarten. Can you please make me brave? I mean, like a kindergartner going to his first day of school recognizes that it's going to take a little courage, you know? And that's what, I mean, that's the thing. We want to put that in our kids. I lead a small group of girls who are going to be seniors in college. And though I did not birth any of them, they're kind of like (laughs) my children. Yeah. Yeah. When I go out of town, I feel like I'm leaving my kids Uh because I'm like, someone's going to need something on Saturday afternoon and I'm gone. Yeah. Um, And we talk a lot about like, Hey, if you want to be a musician, that's brave. Mm -hmm. If you, if you're willing to, if you and your boyfriend want to get married right when you graduate and deal with the financialness of being married at 21 and figuring that out, that's brave. Right. You can do it. That's brave. You know, like we just need to put in our kids of like, you are already brave and we can see it. You know, I can see it in you. Okay. I want to tell you this one quick story and then we can move on. I was reading this, like I told you, I'm reading this book when we're on the lake and we're, we're Lenore city, Tennessee is where we were yeah. on the lake. It was so beautiful. And my son, Amos, he, we adopted him from Haiti when he was four and a half. And so he has, he's always kind of fearful of stuff. Like just the most thing that you think this is not scary is really scary to him. And so all the kids are jumping off the boat and going on the tube and he won't get in the water. And he has mm-hmm. a life jacket on. We show him how it's going to make him float. Like we're like, baby, you can trust it. Nothing's going to happen to you, you know, whatever. And so, you know, a day goes by and he doesn't even get in the water a whole day on the lake. I mean, can you imagine? And so then the next day he's so scared and he said, will you pray with me, mom? And I said, well, sure. Why don't yeah. I talk about this yesterday? So <laughs> we prayed and then he walked as soon as we prayed, finished. Amen. He walks in the boat, jumps in. I mean, yeah. just like that. And then he gets out and he has the biggest smile on his face. And he's like, did you push me, mom? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, I just jumped in. I don't know how. And I was like, you're so brave. I mean, it was just like, it was so wonderful to see him be brave and jump off into the water. Yeah. And see, and you recognize that in him. You recognize that bravery. The same is true when a kid learns to walk. Uh Uh-huh. He walks across the room and he falls down and every adult cheers. Yeah. And yet we're not brave enough to try things where we might fall down because we think we don't want to fall. And it's like, no, that's when parents clap. Uh, Parents clap when the kid falls because the kid tried. And they're going to get back up again. And they're going to get back up. And you knew that when he jumped in the water, he would love it. And he comes out and rises. He loved it. And he could do it over and over again. Yeah. Love it. Kids are brave. Okay. Okay. This is the last thing about the book for real. Um, We have something in common that I found out from your book. 
What is it? Did you I, love the Halo Express too? No, but I also oh. have on my bucket list to be on a TV show. Let's do it. How do we do it? I don't know, but wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> yes, totally. I, I love. I can, I would love to be doing stuff on TV. I think it'd be so fun. So fun. Yeah. I used to when I was little. I wanted to be a news anchor. Oh yeah, I think I knew that. And you've done radio, right? Yeah, I've done radio. And then you know we did the backstage stuff at If. Yeah, yeah. So that was like as close we to my news anchor. Jenny Allen, you know, Ann Voskamp says there's going to be an If TV. Well. We should just push Hello. Jenny Allen to make us the hosts and Joy, Joy Egrich, the host of FTV, the three it's of us. It's like The View, but not. But not. Right. And I can totally play super liberal if I have to. And you could too. You live in Austin. We I live in Nashville. We go anywhere. I mean, so we to Portland. We actually probably need to find some conservatives. We need Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Elizabeth Hasselbeck. She's on Fox. She's not leaving Fox. FTV, here we come. Come on. Joy, I mean... Elizabeth will totally leave Fox for FTV. Especially she knows the three of us are in it. Right? I mean, that's what you got. Make friends Uh, with You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly Warm up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm to tap into your power and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30 minute class, I can choose a 45 minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Okay, so are you a football fan? Yes. I can't wait. Now you went to the University of Georgia. Am I right? Am I, I, right? I went to Georgia. So I'm a huge Bulldogs fan. I like to say that they've been breaking my heart since 1980 because <laughs> that's the year I was born and the last time they won the national championship. Oh. It's so, um, I love, and but then I really love the Atlanta Falcons too. Oh, cause which has been okay. hard because moving to Nashville, I should have switched to the Tennessee Titans and I just can't, can't do, do it. it. I try every year. You got to stick with who you're from, though. We and there's this thing about the Atlanta Dome. I mean, there's when I'm in there, I'm just happy. Do you go to a lot of games? um, When I lived in Atlanta, I went. We probably went two or three times a season. Now I try to come and go one. My dad and I love to go. And there's a bus that'll drive you from Nashville to Atlanta. Like a party bus. Yeah, I wish. No, it's like (laughs) it's like a little bit nicer than a Greyhound. It's Uh, called okay uh, Mega Bus. Okay. 
And, uh, and so it'll drop it. The drop off is right near the dome. So a lot of times, like I'll bust down Saturday morning, watch over Sunday morning, do the game with my dad and bust back Sunday night. That is a fan, Annie. (laughs) I think I have only been to one professional football game in my entire life. What would it be? Dallas? Houston Oilers. Oh, the Oilers, which are the type. Yes. Same team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who do you, do you love Texas? Is that your people? UT, Uh, which, you know, here University of Texas. Uh, neither Aaron and I went there, but we've lived here for six years and we yeah. kind of like become fans and love it. Yeah. And I'm like the so kind of fun. football fan that last week I literally said to one of my guy friends, I was like, sometimes I forget it's coming back. Like, oh. sometimes I forget. And then people start talking about it. I'm like, oh yeah, it's back. I, I don't have to be without it anymore. I, know. I think we're like 24 days out here from our first kickoff. Yeah. First we're game. 24 days too. George yeah. is 24 days too. Yeah. Who's y'all's first game? Uh, North University of North Texas. Yeah, they're yeah. always like wah, wah. teams that are getting paid really well to right. come be a, a hard scrimmage. <laughs> Thank you for coming here. You know, yeah. we have a brand new coach, and so this is like a whole new season, a whole new start here for Texas football. And you needed it, yeah. I heard yeah, it I'm excited uh, about it. I really yeah. am. Okay. It's fun. It's fun to have a good college team you like that you can cheer no matter how they do because then the good years. Listen to this, Jamie. Last, I think it was last year. The Falcons, no, the Bulldogs were first. They played in the Georgia Dome in the SEC championship. If they would have won, we would have gone to the national championship. They lost on, like, the 10-yard line. They couldn't make mm -hmm, in the Dome. A few weeks later, the Falcons are the game, the NFC championship game before they go to the Super Bowl, and they lost in the same end zone at the end of the game. I could not be consoled. I could not be consoled. They need was a new turf no, down there. Something happened. Oh, I was like, somebody needs to pray. Something we need to, happened we need on the 10 yard line. We need, we need to <laughs> anoint with oil. I mean, I could, I, you have not seen a person have a hard day oh like I did. Oh my gosh. The so, same, do um, you play fantasy football? No, I should. Do you? I don't know. Okay. I'm not a, so I'm not a big NFL fan. I yeah. don't really enjoy watching the games. We have a friend that plays, so I'll watch his team. But, yeah. I'm not really like into it, but I did last year fantasy football with my brother. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it either. I don't know what to do. I don't know when to trade. I'm like, I don't understand. And you have to watch so many days. My brother Jordan's like, well, you have a whole lineup and none of, they're all injured. They're not playing. I'm like, well, how am I supposed to know that? Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I can't keep up with all that. That seems like a lot of work and I'm really good at going all into something. So you're going to go in. Right. So I know that it, I either need to stay out uh-huh. or make it my new favorite hobby. And so I've stayed out. I, I will probably set it up just so I can, you know, have something to talk about with my brother. Cause I love yes. that. Yes. I, 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 I fizz out four games. That's in. it. Trust me that if some boy said to me, Annie, I want you to play some <laughs> single cute 35 year old said, I want you to play uh, fantasy football. I'd be all you over would know it. Every player that, that is available right. that week. Don't worry. I don't, I haven't taken a hard stance on this. <laughs> you're like, you're like a fantasy football champion. All That's of a right. sudden they're like, who's That's this right. Annie Downs lady? That's right. And I'm like, just trying to get a date. There you go. <laughs> what can I do? Okay. Another sports thing. I thought of you this summer. When Vanderbilt won. Uh, right? My baseball boys. Yeah. So, so Vanderbilt baseball team, a lot of those dudes go to our church in Nashville. Okay. And I volunteer with the college ministry. And so a lot of those, there's like five to seven of them that are like my little brothers. We uh, eat lunch once a week. And they were supposed to win in the 2013 season. They were really good last year. 
and they lost surprisingly and it was heartbreaking and I felt like I had PTSD. I mean, it was terrible. Mm. And then this year they won the national championship in baseball. The first national championship men have ever had at Vanderbilt. There's been a woman's bowling championship in 1987 what? or something. something. <laughs> right. So they were the first like big sport. That's the national first champ- championship for the, yes. for the university. Yes. Besides wow. the women's bowling. Yeah. So it's just been, it's really exciting. It's, I've never been connected with a team that won a national championship like that. And I mean, they, so for all of us that were in Nashville, they opened up the football stadium and let everyone bring their picnic blankets and you could come and sit and watch the game on the oh, big so fun. And so when we won, you're with like 3,000 other fans losing your mind. I mean, crying, screaming, all the feelings. That gives me chills. The closest I've ever come to that, and this does not even hardly relate, but when I was a junior in high school, we won baseball state. You know, I mean. Yes, it does relate. I I bet my boyfriend was on the team. I mean, you know. Yes, that is exactly the same feeling of like. I can't believe these people that I love yeah. just became the best baseball players in college in America. The highest you can go. The high, they'll, you can't beat that. What do you do? What do you do? I mean, yeah, it's just, it was just amazing. And they're good guys. And, um, I'm just, re- and then my intern, I had an intern who was dating one of the pitchers and they got engaged on the field. I after saw they that. Left. So she's my intern, Megan. Oh my gosh. Know, that was, was so precious. It was the best. He told me. He decided the first game of the season in January or in February, he said, if we make it to Omaha, I'm going to propose to Megan on the field. And I was like, excuse me. And then they won. And so then at the national championship game, they got engaged on the field. I mean, it was just amazing. Okay. Now, would he have done that had they lost? Well, the plan was he took the ring with him to Omaha. Okay. And plan was was whatever, it like in his baseball bag? I mean, he's got like the manager had it. The manager had it the whole time. Precious. And so. It, Whatever game they lost that night, they were going to go to dinner and get engaged. Okay. And then if they won, it was on the field and they won. Who can believe? Cause I had like, because I'm like the most annoying big sister in this situation ever. I had like eight restaurants I'd called. I mean, I was like ready to You're make ready. them a reservation. Yeah. I was ready when he needed me to be ready. And then I was like, he, they kept winning and I was like, this may literally happen on the field. I cannot believe it. Okay, so you had a lot at stake, more than just Vanderbilt winning. Like your that's girl right. was that's getting right. engaged. Future of my intern's marital bliss was in the hands of this baseball that's team. That's so now. fun. So now I saw a video clip of it. Did they air that on TV? Yeah, uh huh. <gasps> it was on TV. Isn't that fun? So and precious. they got sweet congratulations from really famous athletes. And I mean, she just was she was over the moon. She's mostly excited to get to marry him. But second to that was that she it had so many fun people. Well, know. of course. That's so fun. My One of my sons plays baseball. And this is so dumb, and I have repented of this. But sometimes I pray to God that one of my kids will play college sports. Oh, listen. No, I can respect that. Aaron's like, I think you should pray that they're like, go to the nations and like <laughs> <laughs> tell lots of people about Jesus. I'm like, I do pray that too. When they're 23. Right. <laughs> but I want... I want to experience college sports with one of my kids. You know what? There's an interesting, this is way over spiritualizing, but there's an interesting thing about doing ministry to college athletes and probably athletes in general. Right. They are very disciplined and they have been taught growing up that if they work hard enough, they can get whatever they want. Mm. And and it is a personal, um, it is a personal decision and it is a personal discipline. Right. And so when you are talking about Jesus, it is a hard comprehension that there is something they can't get on their own. 
That is good. That, and that, so they, that it, they can't do enough. Us, right. Right. That you can't work hard enough. You can't uh-huh. pump enough iron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't hit enough home runs to save your soul. Right. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but I'm telling you, when you are, when those are your people and you are saying to them, you aren't good enough. Right. You just, you, you, you aren't holy yeah. enough without Jesus. That is, that is athletes find that hard. And um, with athletes, I mean, if you mess up in a game, the game could be over because of that. Right. Whereas right. with Jesus, thank right. goodness. They, right. Right. And they just learn. But on the flip side, when they get sold out and when they believe in Jesus. It's all the way. They are the ones. They, because, because nothing sways them. Yeah. Nothing keeps them from working out or uh-huh. eating right. Their bodies are temples. They will do what they Because their eyes are do. on the prize. And that happens, the same thing happens when it's Jesus' right. surprise. And it is the most beautiful thing. I could just cry telling you about it. They're just, I love athletes. I hope that doing ministry to athletes continues to be a big part of uh, the, the story God tells in my life. That's so love. fun. That's so, so fun. Well, you never know where that would lead you on the um, IF TV show. That's right. And you know, my, one of my buddies, one of the guys got drafted to the Detroit Tigers. Uh-huh. And he was like, hey, Annie, our, ch- our team chaplain is leaving. Do you want to apply for the job? <laughs> I was like, kind of. <laughs> yeah, this goes along with that whole fantasy football thing with the single 35-year-old men. <laughs> Can you imagine me being like at spring training because I'm the chaplain for a whole baseball team? Shut up. That would be so fun. You know, I love sports like you do. And so when I was in high school, I wasn't a team chaplain because I didn't love Jesus. But I tried out to be the mascot. Oh, yeah. I could be on the field and watch the football games. And you're an integral part. And well, I was a manager, so no, I'm with you. No, the cheer coach or whatever would always be like, Jamie, we, we need you over here with us. Like you're supposed <laughs> to be doing something with these cheerleaders. Like not right now. I got, I got to watch the game. I mean, this is crazy. This is a serious moment in the game. I need everybody to settle down. The we, mascot we, is calling for we focus. We cannot be cheering right now. We need to watch the game. That's right. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's great. Man, we need to watch some sports together then. That's good. That's good to know. I should just come to Austin and. Buckle down for a weekend and we'll watch all the sports. Oh my gosh, do it because uh, my husband Aaron does not watch sports with me at all. I'm scared I'm going to marry one of those. Well, it could happen. Aaron is the first guy I ever dated that didn't play baseball. There, that that, really? was, I, that was what kind of girl I was. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my lines in the sand. Yes. Do you play baseball? Yep. Yep. You're in. You're in. Um, so God gave me exactly what I never thought I would get. Yeah. Do you know, I dated a guy a couple of years ago and one time we were talking about sports kind of like this and he was like, yeah, I hate sports. And I was like, excuse Ooh. me. <laughs> and he was like, I mean, I went to a big 12 school or something and he was like, and I mean, I went to the games, but I would talk to my friends and I was like, I don't think this is going to work. It's not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to be enough. <laughs> uh, well, you remember the big national championship game that we just had this past year between Alabama and Auburn? Yeah. We're driving home from family or something. And so I'm listening on the radio and, and I go absolutely berserk because I can't believe what happened. We all know yes. they ran back from like, like over a, you know, hundred yards, whatever. Yeah. And so I'm telling Aaron about it and he's like, I, I just don't understand what you're saying. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I have to call my dad. I cannot have this conversation with you right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. It works. It works. Yeah. Okay. I have another question for you. Okay. I read the fault in our stars this summer. Yeah. Me and too. I, and I know you're a fan. I am a fan. Can you explain how you got to interview these people? When I looked on your blog yeah. and I saw this. Yeah. What was going on okay, here, Okay, so let me back up a smidge and tell you, I've been a John Green fan since 2007. So I, let me stop you real quick. I yeah. don't know anything else about him. Okay, so he and his brother have a YouTube channel called Vlog Brothers. Oh. 
And in 2007, they started it where they, they, I think that Christmas before, Christmas 2006, their parents had given them camcorders, old school video camera, right? Okay. And, and so for the whole year, they decided as brothers, they were only going to talk via YouTube video. No textual communication, no this emails. This was in 2007? Yes. No emails, no texting. You could only talk on the phone or via video. And every Monday through Friday, they made a video. Well, it just kind of, people started watching them and someone told me about it and I started watching them. And so, and so you watch them every day, talk to each other, which sounds ridiculous, but it, it was great. It was really interesting. And I knew he was an author. And at the time he lived in New York. Okay. And so I read some of his books. He his books are probably PG 13. Okay. Um, and, but I read a couple of his and they're for teenagers. I was going to ask, are they teen books? Yeah. Okay. Teen books. He's a, he's a YA author. Uh-huh. Anyway. So I just started following his career and following him as an author and as a YouTuber. Okay. As we talked about, we like TV. I like video. Yes. I like learning how to do YouTube's well. And so anyway, so I've been a fan of his for six years. Okay. Seven years. Um, Fault in Our Stars comes out and there's a whole conversation to be had about how the Fault in Our Stars came out and how the whole time he was writing the book, he was making videos. So this crowd of a million plus people uh-huh are watching him write a book. And so when it goes on Amazon and pre-orders, before it even has a cover, it's the number one book on Amazon. Shut up. That's marketing. So would he talk on his video about like, hey, I wrote about this today? Uh, no, he would only say, like every, like he moved to Amsterdam. He moved to Stanley to Amsterdam for a month. Uh-huh. Well, so we knew that there were parts of the book that were about Amsterdam and okay. you know, that kind of stuff. Okay, I got it. So he just let you in stuff. a little bit. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so... So the Fault in Our Stars was a big hit with his crowd long before anybody had read it because they were just were connected to him. Gotcha. Which is then, brilliant. The, brilliant. The perfect storm is that it's an incredible story uh-huh. and it's a beautifully written book. So he's got this crowd of hundreds of thousands of people who have already bought it only because of who he is. They love him. Right. And then, and then they tell people that it's an amazing book. He made a deal that if you pre-order the book, he would autograph the book for you. And so he had to sign his entire first printing. He had to sign 150,000 copies. Shut up. Yes. You can go back and watch the videos. He, he just, for days, all he did was sign. He had to go to the doctor for his hand, all sorts oh, of stuff. Oh, okay. Sure. So, so that's how I, so Fault in Our Stars, I pre-ordered it. I read it. I really liked it. You got um, a signed I, copy? I got a signed copy. Um, I, again, it's rated PG 13. Two okay. teenagers have sex in it that are not married. Uh-huh. And as you know, and I don't, I mean, that's not like ruining a plot. Everybody no. would probably say that yeah. after two minutes. Um, so they, it became a movie, as you know. Uh-huh. Fault in Our Stars became a movie. And they did a tour uh, of, to about six different cities that was crowd decided, like the crowds decided which cities they went to. Okay. And Nashville was one of the cities that got picked somehow. Nashville okay. never wins stuff like that. Cause everybody in Nashville's like, you want me to vote on you to come here? Yeah, right. Yeah, you should right. want to come here. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's Nashville. We don't, we don't want you to think that we think you're cool. No. And so I was shocked that it won. So the PR firm emails me out of nowhere, out of nowhere. And says, would you be interested in being on the red carpet? And Shut I'm up. like, I like poop my pants. For I was like, sure. times a million. And I was like, of course I would. You know, what does that look like? And, and I said, do I, do I need to bring a video camera and a video crew? And he was like, yeah, if you want to do interviews, you can. And I was like, I'm about to interview okay, John wait, Gray. Time out. They just invited you just to be there. Yeah. And then you said, 
I said, can I bring can I a bring- video crew? <laughs> can I make this scarier for me? Can I make this straight? So, so I got to interview John Green and Shailene Woodley and Ansel Elgert and, and Nat Wolf. I mean, it was insane. I just, I couldn't believe it. It was insane. And it was so terrifying. I mean, I was absolutely scared to death. So literally the PR person. So then, so that's on like a Thursday we go and they do the red carpet. And I got to see the film that morning with like 10 people. It was a month before the movie came out. It was me and a bunch of like old hairy guys who do movie reviews. And, um, and then on the red carpet, there was like all these like newspapers and magazines and television stations. And then Annie Downs. Annie blogs. I mean, I was like, how it was one of those where you're like, only the Lord elevates a little nothing to a place like that. You know, like so what was I doing there? And so it was really interesting. I got, I learned a lot from it. I wish I'd have done better, but it was really fun. And I am still, even though I've taken more flack for this than for anything else I've ever written in the history of ever, I still stand by that, that moms and or parents and teenagers, if the teenager is going to see it, the parent needs to see it too. Yeah. Yeah. I just totally, I think that that is like, a huge deal. It's a movie that, and a story that people need to talk about. So, so what did you, did you like it? Did you like the book? I love the book. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it'll, I mean, I, I was reading it on a plane, just like crying. Yeah. 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 It's very moving. It's really beautiful. It was so good. Um, I have not seen the movie yet. Yeah. Only because I have kids and when can I go to the movie? Yeah. Right. Um, um, I would say the only th- the the on- the part of the sex scene in the movie is more mature than I think it would be for two sixteen year olds. Oh, okay, like it, it looks more scripted. I mean, it's disappointing. I don't like the part. I don't okay. like that. But um, but I think the movie and the book are worth reading and seeing because it's a conversation. It's beautiful for starters. It's beautiful art. Yeah. For second, it's a great conversation. Okay. Peace. How else are you going to say to your kids like? Hey, so two teenagers are dying of cancer and they decide and they love each other and they have sex. What do you think about that? Right. That's not like a dining room conversation, like a card you're going to pull out of like, like, so, like those conversation cards. Right. Here's right. an interesting question, 17 year old boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, I just feel like, I feel like art does that for us. Art opens up opportunities for us to have conversation. Well, it does. And I did see that you took a lot of flack for it. Yeah. And you know, some, pa- oh, sorry, <clears throat> some parents, you have to decide what's best for your teenagers. And for if you sure. don't want them to see that at all, don't, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. But, but certainly don't send your 15 year old and her five best friends to go see, in to see that movie. And you not know what's happening in there. Right. That's yeah. probably true in general. Right. Yeah. But, but particularly in this, because it's so moving and teenagers feel so connected to this story and yeah. these characters that they think that's exactly what I would do too. Right. And then and we that don't... leads that conversation to talk about right. that. Right. So, I'm okay that I took flack for that because I still think that that's what I would say to a parent if they called me today and asked me. Good. There you go. Okay. Speaking of TV and stuff, did you watch The Bachelorette? Yes. Were you happy with the ending? Well, you know, Josh Murray is Aaron Murray's brother, who is the University of Georgia quarterback. Well, yeah, that's your people. So, So it's my people. So from the minute that Aaron Murray tweeted that Josh Murray was going to LA before the show even started, I was like, I hope Josh Murray wins. And then he did. I couldn't believe it. Um, you know, I've had a lot of friends. We have a group of about six girls that watch together. Yeah. 
which is kind of the only way the Bachelor and Bachelorette series has survived. Is I that agree. <laughs> people, it has become a social thing. Yes. It is not that, in fact, people repeatedly say they're going to quit it because they say, because the show is shows more debauchery every time. Every season, yet, I'm like, this. well, I haven't seen it in forever. I watched this one. Yeah. But every time yeah. I watch it, I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah, that I, I feel like a lot of people, Sean and Catherine were very redemptive mm-hmm. and seemed to do things well. I'm not personal friends with them beyond tweeting back and yeah. forth a couple of times. And I love Sean's sister. She's a friend of mine. And so yes. I, um, other than that, I, I don't... I, I don't read their journals, so I don't know what their personal relationships with the Lord are like. But yeah. I feel like they were a redemptive story. Yeah. And I feel like they have done really well with the platform that the Lord has given them. Um, but I think that this season did not show that the same. <laughs> but when we put people who aren't don't believe like we do on television, we can't be surprised when they make decisions That's we wouldn't exactly make. right. That so. is so true. Did you watch the after the rose ceremony? Yes. What did you oh my gosh. Did you hear when um What's his name? Runner oh, up. Nick. Yes. Nick, did you hear what he said about If you loved me, why if you didn't love me, why did you make love to me? Yes. We all screamed. I stopped it and I thought watching did a he horror really show. just say this. Yes. We did this. And you know what? Uh that explains why I mean if we ever need to show people <laughs> how powerful sex with Thank someone you. is, it is that this kid could not get over her. Yeah. And it is and, and in the end, he said it, it's because they slept together. Yes. Because and we just different. go, and, and teenagers think it doesn't matter. And college students go, let's sleep around in yeah. the hookup culture and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And we can see on television that this kid, he loved her and he slept with her and he couldn't get over yeah. her. Whenever I talk to girls and they have broken up with a boyfriend and they literally can't eat, can't sleep, losing weight, stressed out. My first question is always, did you sleep with him? And the yeah. answer is always yes. Yeah. If they're struggling that much. Because yeah. you're right. It is different. It is something. It's, that's why God made it for marriage. And you yeah. know, there's an author named Donna Freitas. Okay. Um, F-R-E-I-T-A-S. And she has a book about the hookup culture, about what's going on in college uh-huh. campuses right now. That is for anyone who cares about this subject. It is at, her two books are absolutely incredible. And we'll teach and because even, I mean, I'm 34 and we, it was not that long ago. I was in college, right? right. 10 years ish, 15 years. And so I guess that is a while ago, but, <laughs> um, but things are very different now. And even some of my students I do ministry with do not connect their spiritual life with their sexual life. Mm. And that's concerning because they're very connected. Well, I think and, it's concerning too. And I think the church should speak more up about it. And so yeah, I love yeah. hearing Donna that. Donna Freitas is doing it. You should, you should, I heard her at Q, mm-hmm. um, Q in Nashville. And I like stalked her yeah. to be like, and that night, Jamie, I had dinner with two of my Vanderbilt boys, both believers, both not sleeping with their girlfriends, both making good life choices, et cetera. And I said, I want to tell you what she says it's like in a hookup culture. And I want you to tell me if, if she's right. Trying. Everything I said, they were like, yeah, that's how the guys talk. Yeah, that's what's going on on campus. And, I, and it's so different because there's hookup culture and then there's purity culture, right? Like the Christian schools that say, if you get still, there are Christian schools colleges that if a girl gets pregnant, she has to leave the school. Right. And, it, and, 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 it, and in Nashville, it's interesting because we have Belmont and Lipscomb yes. that are very purity culture, uh-huh. that it is very shaming and secretive if you right. sleep around. And then we have Vanderbilt half a mile down the road. That is the hookup culture right. where people sleep around all the time mm. and they don't interact at all. It's bizarre. They the don't colleges yet- don't No. And so, Crazy. which has been very interesting because my small group is Belmont and my baseball team is Vanderbilt. 
And so I deal with hookup culture and purity culture every right. day yeah. with students. So, yeah. so anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a, she's, she, Donna Freitas is leading the way. Does she sure. talk about purity culture? Yes. Okay. So what she did, she's actually like a sociologist okay. who's also a believer, but what she did is go around to all these different schools and interview students about, I mean, she got like nitty gritty uh-huh. asking them questions. And so her book goes like, here's what purity culture says. Here is what hookup culture, culture says. Here's what you think they say. Here's what they actually say. You know, I got to so. get that. That sounds so good. Yeah. I feel there's com- two of them. Okay. I'm going to get, I'm going to get on that. I feel completely removed from college culture, but I deal with women all the time. Yes. And they, and the ones you're dealing with that are 25, were just in that culture. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. And women, you know, I see it. And the interesting thing is when you get to be in your mid thirties and you're still single, there is this like, do I really keep waiting or do I really, you know, like, I mean, do I really need to like, what if I'm never going to get married? Right. And what if I decided to just sleep around a little bit Uh and the Lord would maybe for, would the Lord forgive me? For I sure. won't get pregnant. Yeah. Da, 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 you know, and there's just this, uh, the enemy loves to whisper, like take second best mm. and yeah. you'll, and you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, it, it is like what you just said. We're separating our sexuality from our spiritualness and from our relationship right. with God. Right. Which you, and, and I think can. also I the older think. you get, I would see how it'd be easier to just make that a wider and wider gap of like, yeah, for the love. I'm not 18. Right. You I'm know. not dumb. Right. I'm going to be I'm smart. Not. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's a very interesting, it's a super interesting conversation to have. And it's not just if you're married, have sex. If you're not married, don't. Yeah. I mean, that is that at the end of the day. Right. But, but the conversation can't be that 21 year old dudes do not hear me when I say, just don't do it. Yeah. You know, one of, one of the boys that is not a believer said to me, Annie, how come every time I have sex with a girl, she wants to like hang out. Mm. And, I, and so I have to have these conversations without saying, because God, right. Because God made her that way. Yeah. I just go, well, I usually do say because God made her that way, yeah. but you know, it has to be a conversation of like, you're made differently than a female is made uh-huh. and you weren't made for this either. Yeah. You know, like her response, your response is different, but you're having a response too. Yeah. And uh, it's so, so good. Anyway, it's a it's a different world out there that we have the privilege of mentoring the students through. Uh, it is so not awesome. it is not our curse as the generation older than them. It's our privilege, mm-hmm. I think. So good, so good. Um, okay, you're in Nashville. Yep. I just saw yesterday the Civil Wars are done. Oh man, isn't it so sad? I mean, like, how about a name that le- that was a premonition about what was going to happen? Thank you. I mean, it, it's, it's so sad. Joy, um, Joy is doing beautiful stuff and ma- and some of her new stuff is just going to be incredible. Is she doing mainstream or is she back with like Christian music? I don't know. Okay. I would, ve- I would bet she stays in the vein of okay. civil wars okay. genre, okay. but I, I don't know. I would, I, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, but it is so sad. It's so sad because what they did together was so lovely and so impactful I saw them when they were here at, um, ACL. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's one of those, I, so I saw them play a couple of times in Nashville when they were still trying out the stuff. And then I saw them, a friend of mine was their tour manager. And I, when I lived in Edinburgh, Scotland, they came over and played in Edinburgh. 
Oh. And so I emailed him and I said, oh my gosh, can I come and say hi to you guys and come to the show? And he goes, well, they're just opening. But if you want to come, of course you can come. And so, and, and I didn't even ask who they were opening for, right? So I get to Queens Hall and it, they're opening for Adele. Oh gosh. So, I had, so I'm in Edinburgh, Scotland, uh-huh. seeing the Civil, Civil Wars, Wars, Amos Lee and Adele. It was the most incredible. And they... There was only probably 150 people of the thousand that showed up for Adele because nobody knew who the Civil Wars were in 2000, especially in the UK. And so I was, I mean, I was like, all of Nashville would die to be at this show. (laughs) I mean, it was just, it was great. I'm so glad I saw them live. They were, they, this is so cheesy. They were so magical live. They were. And they were so talented. I, I saw them live and I thought they had a really big connection. I had so many people who didn't know them ask me, are they married? And I think that was like one of the things wasn't like difficult for me by, I'm not trying to say that I knew they weren't. And I was like, no, they're not. And everyone was like, oh, really? So they had such a magical connection that it was beautiful, but sometimes it made me feel uncomfortable knowing that they weren't married. That is very, a very common statement. People standing around me at the show in Scotland said things that I won't repeat, Yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah, that was a common question they got and a common whispers among the crowd is how are they not together? Right. How, you know, yeah. So, um, they make yeah, such good music. She, yeah. And they would say, I mean, they used to say in interviews, Joy would say, John Paul is my musical soulmate. Uh, yeah. And, and it's just so sad to see, to see it not survive. Yeah. It could have been. They could have been, and they still will be because their two albums are just insane. Oh my gosh. But, but yes. they, you know, they could have been something that people remember forever. It's so for, true. For how good they are. Unfortunately, they're going to be remembered forever for how good their music is and, then and how sad they're falling apart yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, Joy it makes is... you be real careful about how you partner with people. And there's a lot to be learned as believers in creative fields from watching Civil War. Oh, that's crazy. Joy is sweet. I met her. I mean, we don't know each other, but I mean, I had dinner at her house once years ago yeah. when, yeah. um, her husband worked in A&R at some yeah. record company and we lived in Nashville and they were talking to Aaron and she was just, I just remember her being so nice and so welcoming. Yeah. They're super lovely. Nate's really funny. And yeah. yeah, they're just a great, they're great people. They live down the street. I mean, I just, we, I'm not good friends either, but we wave when we walk by yeah. each other. I mean, she's just a very, I can't wait for her new nice. stuff because she is amazing. Man, and I, and I write about it and let's all be brave, but she has an older song called Golden Thread that mm-hmm. is still probably my favorite song. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just so, some of her independent stuff between CCM and Civil Wars is some, it's just some really beautiful work. She's well, just, a, she's me. phenomenally talented. Yeah. She's amazing. Uh, so fun. Okay. I always finish with my guests with what you're reading and what you're watching. Okay. Um, what I am watching I'll start with what I'm reading. I'm reading Beautiful Ruins. Okay. It's our book club book. I just read Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Have you read that? No, but um, I, someone has mentioned that to me before. That's great. You should read it. It's one of those that you stop about 10 pages out because you don't want it to be over. Um, so I love that. I just watched Orphan Black is what I just finished. Orphan Black. Yeah. So it's probably, there's probably two racy scenes that I wouldn't suggest. And they say the F word. So that's your warning. I didn't know that going into it. It's BBC America. It's not even HBO. It's BBC America. Okay. But it's kind of like, um, it is kind of like alias. Do you remember alias? Uh, Do I remember alias? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. So it's got the feel of alias, 
But the main character, and you learned this in the first three minutes, so I'm not ruining anything. Okay. The main character is a clone. And the clones start meeting each other. Okay. And so, and, but so it has an alias feel of they're trying to solve all this stuff. Uh huh. But, and there's, it, it, there's some bloody stuff. And I mean, it's a, it's BBC. BBC handles things differently. Violence very differently yeah. than we do. Yeah. But, um, but it's a, it is interesting. It is very okay. interesting. That's what I'm watching. I also love to watch Deadliest Catch. Really? Kind of, yeah. I love to, and I love Real Housewives. Oh. And Don't Be Tardy is back, which is my favorite. I don't know Kim, this. Don't Be oh, Tardy? Oh, it's on Bravo. It's on Bravo. It's Kim Zolciak and her um, Atlanta Falcon husband. Oh, okay. That's fact, how you love it. Oh, my it. gosh. You're going to love this, Jamie. Uh, so I write about in Let's All Be Brave, there's a part where I talk about waiting on the phone for the cable guy. And I say the reason I wanted to upgrade my cable is because I don't want to miss uh, Kim Zolciak on Real Housewives of Atlanta because she's married to an Atlanta Falcon, and that's been my dream for always. Yes. A couple of weeks ago, I get an email this from a girl. Happening. Uh-huh. I get an email from a girl and it says Kim Zolciak is the title. And she opens it and she, and I open it and she goes, I have to tell you, I'm reading your book at Starbucks and I am Kim Zolciak's barista. Her assistant comes in every day uh-huh. and gets drinks for everyone. And I can tell you, you know, I can tell you how nice her assistant is or whatever. And so I write her back and I go, give her your copy of the book and I will mail you another one, a new copy. She writes me back and says, um, I will happily give her a copy of the book, but mine's on my Kindle. So I mailed her another copy. Sure. So I was like, I mailed one for Kim because I'm like, why not? You never know where that stuff's going to go. She may need to read about being brave because she's you a mama know. of six. So, but anyway, so that's my other favorite show is I love Don't Be Tardy. I just, I think, I think reality shows like that, I think the Real Housewives are interesting. You like I think reality TV? Uh, I do some, I mean, I don't want to watch like, um, big brother and I don't like, I don't like reality competitions per se, but yeah, I mean, for our generation, it all started with Nick and Jessica on MTV. Hello. The best. You just watched their lives Uh and you felt like they were friends. And yeah, so that's, and and that's kind of how you and I live too. We, I'm never going to be an actress in LA being someone else. Right. You know, I know when, no one. I, what I love is seeing people be themselves. Their lives, yeah. Yeah, and I really, and, and that's that's my strength is in my writing. I won't write fiction because people don't want to hear me tell stories that aren't real. They want to hear me tell my stories. Right. And so, um, so anyway, that's what are you watching? Um, I'm watching basically nothing right now in the summer. We yeah. are waiting for Homeland to come back on. Oh, We're sure. Homeland fans. Um, Do y'all watch Suits? Suits is my other no, jam. No, I've never seen that, but I've heard of it's it. It's great. Yeah. Well, there's a married couple in Nashville, uh, Amber and Matt, and th- we watch Parenthood together during the school year and yes. Suits together in the summer. Oh, so fun. Yeah. I watched Parenthood forever. I got behind this last spring, so I don't even yeah. know what happened. Yeah. And when you get behind on one of those shows, it's just hard because you're like, I don't have nine hours. Can you tell me what happened with the marriage? Uh, I, I don't remember. Okay. It's been a while since I watched. I think they, I, you mean Joel and, Joel and, uh, uh, what's her name? Yeah. Julia. Yeah. I think they're trying to be okay. I can't, I think that's the truth. I don't remember though. Someone's going to email in and be like, you idiots. Yeah. But I was stressed I about that. I was just like stress for them. And that's right. not when I stopped watching. Not on I, purpose. It just kind of life happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so are you waiting. reading anything interesting? Um, I'm reading right now Kelly Mentor's new book. Yeah. Um, wherever the river runs. So I'm reading that. It's beautiful. I've read part of it. I haven't read it all. Yeah. I also want, I, the next one I'm picking up that's nonfiction is Jen Hatmaker's new, that, or old new, The Life Interrupted. Or, Interrupted? Yeah. I'm going to read that one next. It, that was my first Hatmaker book that I read. 
And oh, I wow. tell Jen all the time, this is my favorite book she's ever written. I mean, it really? is. It's whenever people ask, should I read a book from Jen Hatmaker? Mom was like, interrupted. It's okay. And I'm so when she told me they were re-releasing it, yeah, I was like, this is the best plan. It's such a good book. You know what else I'm reading is I'm reading Tim Keller's The Meaning of Marriage. Oh, I read pieces of it. Yeah. Um, but I have I, never I read have, the whole thing. There's like four young women in my life that are it, finishing college that are engaged or about uh-huh. to get engaged. And and people kept saying, that's the book we should read together. Because I'm like, I mean, we could sit I down and talk. My, yeah, my, my knowledge right. of firsthand knowledge of how to be engaged or married is super limited. So I'm like, let's read a book together and right. talk about it. That's so, great. I've heard great things about that book. Good. I mean, I think that's such a big, I, you know, I think it's important for us to go even in mentoring, because I love mentoring. I'm like, even if you don't know the path that someone's on, you can still mentor them. Yeah. You, haven't, you don't have to walk it first. You right. can still mentor them in some capacity, uh-huh. right? Jesus I mean, is they're the same. Like, yeah, that's yeah. right. And yeah. so I'm like, we are going to read through this book. And if there are questions I don't know how to answer, I have a lot of people we can call. There you go. So... You should write a book on mentoring. Oh, maybe I will. We have a couple of ideas in the hopper. That's an interesting one. I do love doing. I mean, I, know, I, love, I hear that in your. I hear that in your like your soul and your it's voice. Fun. Yeah, I think it's such a privilege that we get, and y'all do it with your when parenting all yeah. the time. Uh-huh. That's what parenting is: is day twenty four hour day mentoring, right? And feeding, yeah, keeping alive, mentoring, keep alive. Yeah. I just have to mentor. Andy, That's yeah, right. it's been so fun. Oh, I think you're the best. Thank you so much, Jamie. So fun. Okay. Go do your work today. I will. We're going to get some work done. Awesome. Well, I didn't ask you this. I always ask my authors this. Do you have another book in the works? No. We're, uh, yeah, no is the best answer. We we will. I mean, I want to keep writing. Okay. Uh, Are you still in, are you still, have you fulfilled all your contract stuff? Yeah. Okay. We're we're, we're in new contract talks. Cool. So yeah, it's exciting. It's fun. Yeah. I'm like, let's just settle this down so we can start writing books. I love it. So, I love it. Exciting. And one of my, if you're listening, another thing about Book Brave is you, you really took a lot of steps to be a writer. And mm-hmm. anyone that's listening, I have people all the time ask me like, hey, I think I want to do this or I think I want to do that. And you really give a lot of words to that and a lot of voice okay. into how hard it was. Um, but then how, how much work you had to do and how God was in it. And so congrats on all yeah, you got good. going Yeah, so when on. I start getting those emails, I can just go, hey, just buy my book and read it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, this is easy. Uh, yeah, this is simple. You'll just be the next 10 years of your life before a book comes out. Don't worry about it. I love it. it. So, okay, anyway. Annie, thanks for joining me on the happy hour. Thanks, friend. I loved it. Okay. Guys, I told you you would love Annie. Isn't she just a joy? You can just feel how happy she is. Um, And that just comes off in all she does and says. I also want to thank Carrie Todd, who left a comment on Facebook. And she said this, Oh my gosh, girl, I just recently found your podcast and blog. And where the heck have I been? Seriously, I'm in love with your podcast. I feel like I am both... I am both in the presence of some really awesome women of faith, but also just hanging at a coffee shop with some amazing girlfriends. Your guests are great, and I just love your wit and your honesty about life. Your blog has also been really blessing me lately. My husband and I are also adoptive parents of two little ones. We just got home three months ago with our second little guy. I just want to say that I enjoy your blog and your podcast, and please, please keep them coming. Love, Carrie. Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time to leave that. That really does mean a lot to me. Um, What I have for you guys today is I have two copies of Annie's book, Let's All Be Brave. If you don't win these books, I highly recommend you go buy this book. It'd be a great gift for someone in your life as well. But here's what I ask you to do to be able to win the books. The only way people are going to find out of my podcast is if you share it with them. So if you enjoy it, I'd love for you to share with your friends. Either go on iTunes and subscribe to it 
go on iTunes and leave a review, um, subscribe on Stitcher, or maybe even just post on social media about the podcast that you like it. Um, and that will just help me get the word out. And I would just really, really, really appreciate it. So after you do that, leave a comment at jamieivy.com by this, where this podcast is listed. And in about a week, I'll pick a winner. So I hope you win. And I hope that you will help me spread the word about the podcast. Um, I love doing it. And I've shared that with you every week that I love doing it so much. Um, I also want to tell you that I have some awesome guests coming up that you're going to really, really enjoy. Jen Wilkin is a Bible study teacher in Dallas, and she shares so much wisdom with me on parenting and women studying God's word. You're not going to want to miss that one. I'm also going to talk to Laura Kelly, who runs the website Pitter Patter Art, and she just is an amazing, creative person who has four kids, and her life is just full of just being full. You're going to really enjoy that. Also, Gloria Furman, who lives in Dubai, and she's an author, a mom. Her husband's a pastor. I think that you're really going to enjoy listening to her talk about parenting and just her journey. So stick around and look forward to these awesome guests. I'll see you next week, guys.